When I became an adult, I thought I had life all figured out. I was going places. My intellect would take me to the top. I could do it all by myself. No, I didn't need help. I didn't need advice. I knew what I was doing. Does that sound familiar? We all like to be congratulated on a job well done. We all like to be proud of all the hard work we've put in, turning it into success. But pride is dangerous, for beneath it may lurk a gaping dark pit. Pride truly is one of the most insidious sins a believer can encounter, and the price of pride can be all too high. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss modern-day problems for modern-day Christians. By sharing our personal triumphs and struggles in our faith walk, we hope to offer encouragement for you to continue yours. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order to be different, we first have to think different. We hope you enjoy the episode. All right, and welcome to The Paradigm Switch. I'm Alex, one of your co-hosts. With me is Avon. Hello. And I'd like to welcome you to this new episode of The Paradigm Switch. We have moved beyond our days of Noah mm-hmm. and like to welcome you to follow us on social media platforms. We have Instagram, uh, Facebook. We'd like to like, follow, and share. Share with us your thoughts in the comments section. And we're also on iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify, so give us a listen, follow us on those platforms as well. And here we are, we're after the days of Noah, and we are going to talk about an issue that has been on my heart for quite a while. Why is that? You've been mentioning, at least behind the scenes when we've been planning episodes, why you've been wanting to talk about pride. Why don't you share with the audience why you've been wanting to talk about it? Yeah, like I said, it's just been on my heart uh, in a while. I've seen throughout the years all of these uh, people who have had pride in their hearts, and I watch them make poor decisions because of it. And uh, life, you know, blows up for them. And so bad things happen. And I just I just think this is so insidious. So many people, at least in my um, circle, have suffered from this. And I just think that we as believers are better off without this. You know, I don't think about pride a lot. I, you know, I, I, I like to study a lot of topics in the Christian theology, as you might say, but I, I don't think I've ever really specifically thought about or focused on the um, topic of pride. I don't think a lot of people like to talk about pride because it makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You see, because most of us have pride of some sort in our lives, but it, it just... It just is so easy to metastasize into something that is dark, something that is very sinful, and it just causes so many problems. There's a lot of fallout for people who just live their lives filled with filled with pride. Uh, the scriptures talk about pride a lot, which we'll talk about later in this episode. But I just think it's really important, especially when you know you're in your twenties. This is a time where you are gonna i think have a higher chance of this happening okay and uh, and I, I just think it's important to nip this problem in the bud now when you're younger than to let it grow and then have really bad things happen when you get older because pride can just wreck relationships destroy families mess up jobs all the rest of that as we'll talk about later on in this episode one thing that um joyce meyer likes to say about pride is that pride hides and I think that's very true because, you know, I, I, you know, I like to just tell myself I don't have pride and then move on from it. 
but just <laughs> over the t- over over the past week of getting ready for this episode, I'm starting to look at myself and say, "Ooh, maybe I do got some issues with look, pride that I gotta address." Uh, look, if you're gonna say that I don't have pride, I think you probably do have it. <laughs> That's what she would say very, too. The most... very denial that you don't have pride means that you do, in fact, have pride. Because a person who is truly humble will admit his or her flaws, I think, and if pride is one of those things, they will say that. Well, let's see. We'll see. We'll see what area of pride I have by the end of this episode. Uh, I guess we will. So, as always, when we begin episodes based on some issue like this, we like to define what exactly it is we're talking about using the Oxford or Webster's Dictionary. So, pride is defined as a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction from one's own achievements, the achievements of those whom one closely associates with, or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. I actually think this only discusses one version of pride when actually there are a number of different types of pride, Uh, but not all of them are necessarily bad or sinful, but certainly they have the ability to grow into that if they're not uh, managed properly. Um, And so for this definition, I would define it as my own, quote, general pride. That's my definition for this, which seems harmless enough. And to an extent, I do think it is okay to be satisfied of the hard work and accomplishments of yourself or those who are close to you. Uh, But there are ways to go about this responsibly, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, uh, Unfortunately, though, if those um, proper responsibilities are not looked at when you're dealing with these kinds of feelings of personal satisfaction, uh, this can grow into something very insidious if you just let it be there unchecked like that. Essentially here, I think there are two types of bad pride, or at least like sinful pride. So this, there's different types of pride, and then the really bad, the bad kinds can be summarized into two different areas, arrogance and superiority, I think. Okay. Okay, so we'll talk about arrogance first, which most people are aware of. So arrogance is, uh, according to the dictionary, an exaggerated worth of self-importance, often accompanied by an overbearing manner. And I think this is a very well-known example of bad pride. People think they're good at everything they do, even when they're not. And I think that this kind of a mindset leads to condescension and hypocritical judgment of others. And individuals who are arrogant typically tend to be self-absorbed, conceited, or vain, and I do not like being around these types of people, I have to admit. Now, this is the type of, this is where I would say is the key issue with pride, is the way you treat people or the way you look upon people when you have done something or just kind of from your mannerisms. And I will say, this is the area of which I struggle with, I guess, in a sense of arrogancy. Um, You know, one job where I worked, you know, I work in a field that's very creative, And that does a lot of like subjective viewpoints and just my natural personality of being a type A and I don't, maybe this is pride (laughs) to say about myself that I am intelligent and that I can think really fast. I don't know if that's, it might be, it might be. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just know, these are just facts about myself that I do tend to think very fast and I think of a plan. And so I remember at one job, I had the hardest time um not being arrogant in my work like i would look at other people's work and then say like oh that is uh not a good job or i would legit say that was that is some garbage like i would say <laughs> these awful oh, things man. and god had to bring it to my 
my focal point to say you're very arrogant and high on yourself. And this is the kind of pride that you, like you're saying, of arrogance that is not uh, godly. And I think this is this is the turning point of when, like you said in your definition of general pride or being, you know, generally satisfied about your work or just being, you know, happy about what you have done is when you start looking at other people and demeaning them or looking at them as if they're lower than you. I think that's the key point of when pride becomes a real bad issue. Yeah, uh, certainly. When you think yourself better than other people that your work is better that you're the guy or girl do you know what you're doing all the time it, it just is you're not a fun person to be around mm -hmm. you to see you become like really self-absorbed and you just talk about you a whole lot i found when talking to people like this and it just becomes very hard to relate and it just is a turnoff mm -hmm. to be quite honest um and then there's the whole condescending condescending and the judgment that comes with it because you know uh i know what i'm doing but you do not and i'm not gonna listen to you and you're gonna do what i say now i need i need advice with this because at that last job i had a boss who did not know what she was doing she did not know what she was doing and so she would ask my boss you know you're supposed to take instruction from your boss what do you do in a situation where it is a legit fact she this boss of mine does not know what they're doing should should I stand up for myself and say, like, no, I'm right and you're wrong? Or how do you handle that where you're not walking in an arrogant sense? Because I think that was my objective in the sense of, like, I was trying not to be arrogant, but I think it just came off as arrogance. I, I think you don't just say you're wrong and I'm right. That's not a good not a good way. Um, if you genuine, genuinely do think, however, that the boss is not correct in their thinking, I do think that you do have a responsibility as like the technical person to step in and say, actually, I think that it should be done like this. And here is why I think this. What do you think about this? I think the I statements are helpful because then it doesn't sound like an attack on the individual. You know, avoid the uh, conception or the idea that you're attacking the individual. And I think... It's just best to explain reason, technical reasons for why you think that your way might be a little better than. See, what there's boss the difference. Says. One, you already know me. I'm not the best with diplomatic <laughs> ways. Sometimes I'm very blunt and straightforward. But I have learned, in the sense of when in those situations, I should not just assume. I think that's where the arrogance comes in. What I would just say, my way is the right way. I wouldn't even feel. I would feel as though you don't deserve an explanation. Just do it my way. And yeah, that's where that the pride is, comes that in. That is where the pride is. I, I think you have to be able to explain your reasoning for why you think an idea is better and then ask for the feedback because it makes the other individual feel included. I'll use that in the future. <laughs> okay. Um, now, why are we talking about pride and arrogance and why are we saying that this is not a good thing? Uh, the answer is that the scriptures warn us about pride many, many times uh, throughout the Bible, and here's just a few little uh, overview of scriptures that talk about pride. So we'll start with Mark 7, 20 to 23, where Jesus talks about all the wickedness that comes out of a person, and in, in that list of wickedness, he includes things like sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, folly, and arrogance. Mm -hmm. So Man, that's pretty bad to be in the 
company of things like theft, murder, and sexual immorality. That's uh, really bad. I mean, to do any of these things, you kind of have to have a sense of arrogancy in the view of God, that God has set these laws, but yet your arrogant self that says, I'm going to do them anyway. Yeah, that's so it true. fits that in does, there. I just think it is arrogance that you know better than God, know better than the creator of the universe. Exactly, yeah. that I want to behave any way I want to, you know, totally disregarding his ways and his rules. So it fits in there perfectly. Uh, 2 Corinthians ten eighteen, Paul tells us, For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends, which suggests that people who are commending themselves, being prideful, uh, they're not approved by God, that, mm-hmm. that God doesn't like that, and that we should instead, you know, wait for the Lord to commend us instead. Um, Proverbs talks a whole lot about the bad things of pride. Here's just a couple of Proverbs. Proverbs eleven two, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. Well, that doesn't sound very good, disgrace yeah. coming after pride. And in Proverbs eighteen twelve, it tells us, before destruction, a man's heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. So the proud man, the haughty man, uh, is going to be having bad things happen, uh, but a person who is humble has good things happen. You know, I just wanted to comment on the one that you just read that says, when pride comes, then disgrace. And I think with that, sometimes with pride, and I've experienced this where, like I said before, I'm a quote-unquote very intelligent person, (laughs) where I think I know it all and I have all the answers, so I move very quick in an action, and then I embarrass myself yeah. Because I move too quickly besides without like thinking or without even having the thought to ask somebody else for input or help. And then I embarrass myself. Thing doesn't work out. And then it's just, well, now I look a disgrace. You where, think you know, but you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So I have experienced that in my life where, you know, the pride or my self has moved way too quickly. And then my me moving too quickly, I've embarrassed myself. Again, yeah, that's a very good uh, real-life example of Proverbs 11, 2. And uh, Psalms tells us in Psalms 10, 4 that actually pride can lead to a person becoming atheist or rejecting God's existence because in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him being God. And in all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Now, I, I thought this was a very strong like scripture. Why do you think pride and atheism come together? I think pride... When you're a really proud individual, you want to be the king. And when you're the king, God's not. And so you want to do everything you can to just reject this idea that there is someone greater than you. And reject the idea that you are not the top guy running around. And that's that's pride all the way that leads to That's a good way of putting it. I never thought of it that way. All right. Well, what did you think? Well, when I saw this, I was, I guess it was kind of in that, manner but i guess i didn't see it you know i wouldn't have worded it just like you i actually like how you worded it better oh, i thank think you <laughs> i think when pride says i don't need like i was kind of said before pride says i don't need to follow rules i don't need no one directing my life i don't need someone telling me what to do so like you said the idea of that there's someone greater above me who oversees me um telling me what i should do or how i should live my life i can't accept that and uh, i think this this state of exalting oneself and rejecting god is in fact the ultimate destination of self-satisfaction and self-exaltation if these things are not checked early on the people begin to look for others and themselves to justify themselves to praise them they become rude and angry when they don't get that 
uh, praise from other people because they're like, I'm so good. You know, other people should be giving me credit for things, uh, whether they deserve that or not. And it just is very uh, unpleasant when an individual has this kind of attitude. And again, this leads to, I don't need God because I can do it all on my own. And I would say this was also the um, the sin that got Satan kicked out. Yes, it he is. He self-exalted himself in looking at himself too good. You know, uh, we've talked about it in previous episodes, and I've read a bunch of different things in scriptures, and I've listened to different sermons that said, like, you know, Lucifer, who is now Satan, you know, he was the top angel um, in heaven. He apparently would wear, like, vests of diamonds that were shining. Apparently, he was gifted in the music area. You know, everyone loves music one way or another. Um, and he was, like, like I said, the top angel. And so he, he began to look at himself and think he was too great. And then he actually placed himself above God. One of the scriptures said that he said, I will ascend higher than God, or I will have my throne above, um, above God. And stuff. So as we see, self-worth can become a problem if it's not properly balanced. And I wrote that down that when we begin to have an unbalanced view and an unbalanced self-worth, um, it brings a delusion and a warped perception. Because if it's unbalanced, you start to think, I'm so great, but the balance is saying that I'm great because God has made me, you know, or God right. has given me these gifts or God has allowed me to get to this level. That's a balanced view. An unbalanced view is saying I'm this way because of myself or because of my hard work and because of this. We need to have a balanced view that includes God because that's how you um, balance, as you say, the seesaw. God, that's yeah, how you balance it I agree. right there. And we'll talk about that more a little bit on the episode. You're getting a little ahead of yourself. Oh, Brandon. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good to bring that up because I agree. The balance is extremely important. And like you said, we'll discuss that more later. Now, you also have added in here in our notes sections that you think when a person is proud or arrogant, they no longer are able to receive yes. correction. So tell us a little bit now, more. Now, this about is that. what I would kind of title it as Christian pride because, you Christian know. Christian pride. As oh. as being a pastor's kid, I've seen a lot of people come from many different, you know, denominations or different areas of the church and this kind of stuff. And not just like in our church, but just in conversations with other people or other Christians, it's hard for some Christians to receive correction. They think because I've been taught this way by grandma, by grandpa, or my old pastor did it this way and even though you can present them scriptures, you can show them, you know, in the Bible, it says you should walk this way. This is how God wants to live. They will stick to, nope, I'm going to stand in my place right here and I'm not going to be moved. This is where I've seen what I've titled it as Christian pride, where they stick to their own comforts rather than biblical truth that might be presented to them. I don't know if you've encountered this before. So you're, you're saying you've encountered individuals who have accepted a doctrine that is not biblical in its mm -hmm. origin and when uh, people tell them no when you read scriptures it clearly the bible clearly states that this doctrine is correct one and what you are doing is not mm -hmm. so you need to you know fix this behavior you're you're saying they're gonna say you're wrong yeah they, they they're like no you're wrong my way is right and i remember one lady she was like well look at all my success you know and stuff that i have now you know if god didn't bless it you know then you know if god had a problem with me doing x y and z then god wouldn't have blessed me to where i am now that and, is a dangerous way to think yeah i will uh unless you have more to say i'll explain go more. go okay so i just think that's a very dangerous way to think that oh I have success, and it's God who made me successful. Mm -hmm. I don't think it always works that way. 
I think that there are individuals out there who are extremely successful by worldly measures, and Satan is using that success to trick them into thinking they don't uh, believe in God. And there was this movie called God's Not Dead. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, no, I haven't. But there was a, a guy in that film who is, like, really worldly successful. He's rich. He's got a big house, cars, all of that. Uh, and he doesn't think he needs God. And then he has a grandmother who's yeah, sick with the, the dementia, which is unfortunate. And he's talking to her about his lack of belief in God. And she says, sometimes Satan uses the success to trick you into mm-hmm. thinking you don't need god and that had, that was really resonated with me and i think that is true and i have seen this in some people in my own life yeah i've seen it as well and i think as christians you know we live like we live in a complex time where there's a whole movement that's trying to move or try to change a lot of biblical doctrine yes and they're and not in a good way not in a good way and yes you need to have some kind of pride that says i'm hanging on to but that's not really pride that's conviction to the truth yes it's not pride but be willing to if presented with biblical truth be open to receiving correction um because sometimes you could be wrong you could be wrong you know you could think you know god is not doing healing or miracles anymore and personally and i've seen in the bible and we're not gonna go down that route that there's scriptures that says that we now in modern day two what are we in 2021 that we can receive healing and we can have you know good health and believe in god for these things you know because there are some people who think you know god doesn't want to heal anybody anymore yes the loss of the spiritual gifts that were only present in the apostles exactly i i don't really agree with that that's something we could maybe talk about in a future episode yeah we can but just be open to the fact that you're you know just because your grandma gave you the start into christianity grandma didn't know everything so you can grow to a higher level and to receive correction and grow so that's why I want to say sometimes it's Christian arrogancy or Christian pride that it blocks some people to receiving. Um, it's not even so much new doctrine. It's just a new, you know, some, it's just new to you to receive correction. Yeah, no, that's a very good, a very good discussion to, to be had. And for us to understand, you know, we don't always have all the answers. Uh, and yes, with the rise of these uh, apostasies in different churches, it is, uh, it is, it can be unfortunately very common for an individual not to have been learning the truth Mm -hmm. and and that they need to be you know exposed to the truth and not just the lies that they were given exactly wherever they were coming from so very good very good discussion uh now changing topics a little bit we've talked about arrogance and why this is a problem and what god has to say about this and the second form i think of bad pride is a sense of superiority, which is a little bit different than arrogance. Um, Superiority shows the feeling of being better or more important than others, according to the dictionary. And I think this occurs due to a misplaced sense of self-worth, and you believe you are inherently better than others for some reason, and you probably don't even know what that reason is. I think um, this is quite evidently a really, really bad uh, feeling to have, and I think that history is replete of examples where this leads to really horrible evil. Mm-hmm. After last year, you know, with all of the um, civil unrest and race relations strains in America, it, I mean, this is an example of superiority. Uh, slavery based on one race thinking they were better than another and 
racial-based discrimination later on in the U.S., which both things very evil. We had similar things in South Africa with apartheid happening. And in today's world, uh, we have uh, certain religious groups uh, justifying their enslavement of women and people who they take and kidnap uh, because their religion makes them superior to others. And, of course, we cannot leave out what happened with Nazi Germany, uh, their uh, feelings of superiority over the Jewish people leading to the Holocaust and the extermination of six and a half million people. Uh, so superiority is really, really bad. It leads to really evil things. Again, this is characterized by really judgmental people who are cruel or indifferent to those they deem, quote, lesser. And this leads to systemic oppression throughout societies in some cases, and the Bible warns about this uh, kinds of feelings. So in Isaiah 13:11, God says, I will put an end to the pomp of the arrogant and lay low the pompous pride of the ruthless. So he's against these kinds of things. Now, how would you say this whole security conflict come about? I know we're talking about pride and that's the root of it. But like, to me, it's just amazing that a person could come to this level of a superiority complex. What is your opinion of how they have gotten to this high of a level in a sense to suppress um, a person or suppress another group of people or in I, general? I honestly, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't, I don't understand this. Mm -hmm. I don't, this is anathema to me, this idea that any one person can be superior than another. No, God created us all in his image mm -hmm. and we are... Uh, you know, we, we should treat each other as such, right? Like, uh, black or white, man or woman, rich, poor, whatever. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me. And I don't understand why it matters to other people. I really, really don't. You know, I put in my notes something else, but it just came to me. I think when a person is having a superiority complex, it actually speaks to their own insecurity because they need something, something to validate their self-worth. It's like, I need to put you down in order to make myself feel better. Because I've never been a person, well, in the sense of, I've had arrogance problems, but I've never, at least in my opinion, I've never had a superiority problem in the sense of, I think I'm like full on better than you. I might think I have better skills in a certain area, but I don't think as a person, like I would lower you as a person. Um, but I think it's a, it's a insecurity problem in the sense that I need to demean you to make you feel less about yourself so it promotes me to feel better about me. And I, I think that could be a root of the superiority complex, no matter the group or wherever you fall since to, because, you know, I don't know. That's no, just my I opinion. Think, you know what? Now that you've put that out there, I think that that could be right. Um, certainly there are individuals who I have encountered who like to put down others for whatever reason. Um, and, and you're right. I guess it's because they don't really feel very good about themselves and they have to put down others mm -hmm. to make themselves feel that way. Uh, and, and I guess, yes, taken to the extreme, that can lead to all of these bad things we talked about earlier. Um, I just, I don't understand that though. Cause that's not how I think, right? I don't, I don't think that, oh, this, I need to make myself feel better. So oh, I'm going to make that person feel Cause better. Cause the reason it's why just, I say this, because, you know, now I'm not the best with history from what I remember of during the time of the Holocaust, they wanted to blame somebody else or, you know, for whatever problems that were going on in Germany. And so they place the blame on somebody else instead of looking. And I put in my notes to relate to the Holocaust thing is that I believe it comes about when we don't recognize 
um, where we don't recognize God in our accomplishment or, and recognize our own personal faults in our failure. So there's what the balance comes in when I talked about it. And I'll say it again. I believe the superiority complex comes about when we do not recognize God in our accomplishments and recognize our own personal faults in our failures. When we succeed, it's because we are great. This is the pride speaking. And when we fail, it's because somebody else's fault or God's fault. It's never looking at oneself to say, maybe I was the one who messed up like I related to the Holocaust. You know, from what I remember in history, I was never, like I said, I wasn't the best in history. Um, they were, there was a lot of economic problems or there was a lot of unrest during that time. And so they just needed to focus the problem on somebody else. And so unfortunately, it went towards the Jews at that time. Which is the hand of Satan, in my opinion. Yes, even behind still, the scenes, it is still Satan. Satan trying to wipe out the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. um, he was not successful, thankfully. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think you're right about this. I, I think when we, especially when we don't recognize our own fault in our failure and we just want to blame somebody else, I, that definitely is some sense of pride. I mean, Adam, I mean, it started from the beginning. Adam didn't want to take responsibility. He blamed it on the woman. Uh, that's <laughs> it's, true. It's the woman's fault. You know, God went to Adam to say, what happened? And his, his response was, it ain't my fault. It's the woman's fault that tricked me. Instead of owning up and taking responsibility and saying, I messed up. I just wasn't, you know, I think the whole thing would have turned around maybe if he would have took responsibility and said, God, I messed up. Like I totally just messed up. I wasn't paying attention, but he just totally threw the blame on the woman. So yeah, that's true. And so here we are as a result. Um, and actually, as we're going along this vein of superiority, I actually think that sometimes believers may be falling into this trap thinking we are better than sinners in the rest of the world because we know the truth, you know, like, like that somehow makes us better than other people. In what um, ways is that shown? I just think that like, so this may sound cliche, but you know that a lot of unbelievers are like, oh, Christians, they're so judgmental and they're so hypocritical because they go around like trying to live and say that they're like up here and everyone else is down here because they're not living a certain way. And it's, it's not a good representation mm -hmm. of being a believer if that is the attitude that we have. I mean, it's good that we know the truth. And that doesn't necessarily—I don't think that makes us better than people. It makes us blessed that we know this. And it is up to us to help show other people that they uh, can have this truth, too. Of course, it's up to them to decide what to do with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, certainly at that point, you know, you can— make a differentiation between this is a righteous person and this is an unrighteous person but that's a cause for sorrow not a cause to like be like oh he's bad yeah screw him it's not like I've, that. I've always been a person because i have friends from many walks of life you know from different religions different faith groups and all over the world and i like I, I think I mentioned it before, I want them to come to Christ. So I want to engage with them and I want to associate with them so they see the Christ in me that could hopefully be a witness to them. And maybe if I'm not the one who brings them to Christ, that when they move on in life or, you know, they run into something else, they'll remember, well, I always saw Avon, he was a Christian and this is how he would handle stuff and they might turn to Christ. You know, maybe I just be, maybe I'm just the person that plants the seeds in their life and that someone else comes in, and, you know, um, brings them to Christ. I just always want to make sure I'm being that, that light towards other people or being that vessel to be used by God to witness towards other people. So I associate myself with people from different religions and different faiths because I know I'm not going to change my faith, but I just want to make sure 
I'm engaging inside the culture, as I've spoken before. We, as Christians, need to engage the culture. Yeah, so we cannot hold ourselves apart from that thinking that we're too good for, for things like politics or going into be, being teachers mm -hmm. and uh, working in government or other things. Like, we should be engaged, as you said. Sports teams, mm -hmm. we should be engaged. Uh, and we shouldn't be like, oh, that's worldly stuff. And I don't need to deal with that. Uh, you should, Christian, because your job is to help influence a society for good. And so the sports, the entertainment, the education, that's all at the top. And then the politics and government come from that. And we need to be at all levels. We can't just abstain from one just or hide other. in the church no, building no. we're not going to go out you and, know and there's then, like a and then, change. and then you want to talk about persecution that happens it's because you stayed on the sidelines and you were not involved mm -hmm. and so we need to be involved that's that's what i think um now getting back on track here so there is another type of pride which most people may not associate as pride but i think it is and that is self-degradation so this is where you compare yourself to others and find yourself wanting because you think I'm not as good as them. Now, that doesn't sound like pride, right? That no. sounds like I'm being humble. But in actuality, this is coming about because you're viewing yourself as I should be better than them. Mm -hmm. And you're using a worldly measure to do that. Uh, and you find yourself lacking based on that worldly measure. And this is not good. This, is, this uh, leads to envy and covetousness and insecurity in your identity, which should be rooted in Christ, but is not, and is instead you're trying to root it in the world. Uh, it leads to bitterness, it can lead to depression, and sometimes it can lead to anger and occasionally violence. I never really thought about that. Yeah. I've learned something new. All right. Well, that's always a good thing. We're always learning as we go along. Now, we've talked about bad pride. We've talked about all these problems that come out of pride. So what are some solutions that can help us as believers deal with pride before it gets out of control in our lives and leads to a lot of problems. And I think the first solution is to remember that, and this is what you talk about about balance, when you talked about balance. This is where you can feel the sense of self-satisfaction that you you know overcame everything and it went well. But during those times, you need to remember that that accomplishment is not solely on your ability but ultimately because of God's blessings on you, and he allowed you to do all of those things. So yeah, you can you can feel good, but also remember to thank God too, because he helped you do this. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, that's a problem. And when you do do this, however, when you do acknowledge God in your good efforts and, and working hard, that helps to generate humility, which is what God desires. And uh, Paul writes in Colossians 3.12, to put on then compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, yeah. meekness, and patience. He writes in Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, that's arrogance, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Peter and James both quote Proverbs three thirty four, which says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, which tells me if two different uh, apostles are saying this this is really important and remember peter he had a sense of pride himself he, he was a he person did. that jumped first and thought later he was a very bashful person so if peter's talking about humility you know isn't important he learned that the hard way i feel like he went through a lot of things to learn humility and learning to humble himself kind of the hard way like he always like when he said to jesus like oh i would never deny you like i, I could never do such a thing and jesus was like okay you're gonna be humbled in a few <laughs> yes. like you're gonna see that you too can fall into sin and slipping up yep gonna deny me three times mm -hmm. and he did yeah and he did it was unfortunate uh also in psalms 25 9 uh, the psalmist writes that 
uh, he, being God, leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. So we should give credit to God in our accomplishments because without him we wouldn't be able to do any of that. And that is what pleases God is, is that humility and you know, remembering it's not us, but it is him. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really important. Um, do you have any thoughts? About well, this? when you were saying this, I was just thinking of one time I was in that arrogant self of looking at someone do something. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm so much smarter, or, you know, I can do this better. And, you know, you know, God leads and guides me all the time. But these are one of those moments that I know I heard the voice of God in my heart, in my spirit. And, you know, I was thinking, I'm so smart. And God, like, put on my heart and put, you know, put on me and said, you're only as smart as I allow you. <laughs> like, oh, 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 man. <laughs> like, that really just, boom, like, hit me. Like, you're only as smart as I allow you. And then it reminded me of King Nebuchadnezzar and how he had an ar uh, a arrogancy problem and a pride problem. And God basically said, you're only here and ruling because I allow it. And I'm going to make you be like a goat and eat the grass. Exactly. And that did humble Nebuchadnezzar. And in Daniel, the scripture tells us that when Nebuchadnezzar went to God and acknowledged this, God restored him. Exactly. So it, it, you talking about like the generating humility, it reminded me of that time of when I heard that in my spirit of you're only as smart as I allow it. Because, you know, I think because some people there are some people who like are like me who think fast like I just think fast that's just how I am and how God created me and if like we talked about unbalanced it can be seen as a spot of arrogancy to look down on other people who who move kind of slower <laughs> and I will say I'm very I get impatient about that sometimes but I'm working on it I'm getting better about it but remember my ability to think fast is only because God allowed it and then there's always someone who thinks faster than me is, so yeah. yeah that's true uh, the second thing we as believers should do to help overcome pride is acknowledge that we too struggle with sin and we should not desire to be hypocrites. Of course, the most famous verse about this is Matthew 7, 5, which is to take the plank out of your own eye before you go after the speck in another's. Uh, James also tells us in James one twenty six that if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, that person's religion is worthless. And I think the way that you can acknowledge your sin is you engage in prayer with the Lord and you ask him to point out areas of bad pride in your life. Exactly. And then to kind of go along with this whole thing of like struggling with sin and all that kind of stuff and like how I've been talking about where my pride shows up is in how I relate to people. You know, especially in the church realm, we kind of, you know, sometimes in the church you can find different judgments that come from a fellow brother or sister, like you should do it this way, you should do it that way. I think that would help relationships if you learn to work on your pride, because yes, I don't want, like you, Alex, I don't want you falling into sin and I don't want you to fall into stuff and I can pray for you and I can witness towards you and stuff. But remember at the same time, there are, you know, there are certain things that aren't really biblical in a sense, so I shouldn't judge my brother and sister because I'm not doing those things. And I give an example. Um, there was one time, I'm a big fan of scary movies, and I know we talked about it in our Halloween episodes. We did. I, I, like, I like scary movies. And I remember there was one brother um, who spoke to me and was just like, you should not watch that, that's ungodly. And he like judged me and made me feel bad about myself. And, you know, there isn't a scripture that says don't watch, you know, scary movies. I feel that's one of those things in the gray area where you have to be Holy Ghost led. And so 
to save relationships and to get along with your brothers and sisters, don't be prideful to always think that you know the right answers on how to live the Christian life. Yes, there's biblical truth that you shouldn't steal and you shouldn't murder, or you shouldn't lust, but these, what I would deem as gray areas, sometimes, you know, God might have told you not to watch scary movies, but didn't tell on another brother or sister that, you know, they shouldn't watch it. Let them grow into that. And, you know, remember, they're not meeting your expectations. They're supposed to be meeting God's expectations. So if you think there's something off, pray for them. And maybe you can share with them like, hey, just be careful. Sometimes scary movies have this, this, and that. Be aware. Pray about it. Don't come into an attitude that's like, this is the right way. You need to do it this way and then do it my way. So have that balance in the sense of helping your brother and sister, but at the same time, allowing the Holy Ghost to do his job because you're not Holy Ghost Jr. Yes, this is very true. Um, I think we will wrap up this section about the bad pride with a personal anecdote from myself you've okay. kind of talked a lot about pride in your own life but i haven't really talked about it in mine yeah um and this is because god uh put uh, he called my attention to my pride when i was 17 okay uh at the time on the cusp of adulthood i thought that i was very smart like smarter than pretty much everybody I was always, like, top of the class, making grades. Very little effort had to go into that. I thought I knew what I was doing. I had the the schools. I was getting into every college I ever applied to. Like, it wasn't wasn't a struggle at all. Um, And I thought I knew everything. Like, I thought I was the guy, you know? Yeah. Um, And I thought I was the guy in academics. I thought I was the guy in romantic relationships. I thought I was the guy... (laughs) like other areas of my life and then um it's pretty soon I, I was you know kind of god was on the back burner or like i was living for myself basically like I, I would know god intellectually but it wasn't in my heart and it was basically i think because of pride um and then in the opener i talked about the dark pit lurking beneath that you don't see until it is too late and that is what happened to me um, a series of events occurred in which I found myself uh, romantically projected. I found myself uh, not knowing everything the way I thought I did. And I, uh, you know, slid down into that hole of the, the rage and the depression and all sorrow, all of that uh, bad stuff. And it just really exposed how not good, not smart, not suave i was like it it was it was all an illusion cast by the pride and when the pride was removed by god i i was wretched basically at the end of this i was a wretched weak and i thought myself pathetic human and this is what happens when you're trying to do life without god in it this this is the state of humanity and it really opened my eyes to how i needed a savior and so eventually that is the event that allowed me to become a believer, and I came to know God, um, you know, in the, in the next year after all of this happened. And it was a year of foolish choices and uh, a lot of exposure of emotions I didn't think that I would ever have to deal with. But I am ultimately glad that God tore down my pride at such a young age. Because as I've gotten older, I've remembered this. I remember what it is like to be prideful. I remember what it is like to to exalt myself and not exalt God. And this is a terrible idea because this is where you go. You go down into the pit, and it's really dark down there, and it's just pretty miserable uh, living life that way. And this is what really 
this uh, this event I think has really is the the seed that makes me just want people to realize pride is not worth yeah. holding on to this just just be humble just recognize that god is is the one behind you know your success recognize him don't think you're better than other people because you're not and you're only one circumstance away from that being the case and yeah it's a dang it's a dangerous it this, is. Is, this is a warning to people <laughs> like i was very fortunate that it did not get like it did not get to the point in the pit where i did something that i could not come back from yeah fortunately Maybe that could have happened if I hadn't decided to turn to God at the time I did. It happened to me. It can happen to you. You don't want this to happen. Get rid of your pride now. That's that's the warning. I've heard I've heard um, one preacher say before. Hum, the Bible says to humble yourself. That God gives you the opportunity that you humble yourself. He does. Or yes. God will do it for you. He'll do it for you. Exactly. With, so it's better that you do it yourself before God has to do it for because you. Because God, yes, when God <laughs> has to do it, it's traumatic. It just is. <laughs> like with Nebuchadnezzar, he was told to do it himself. And he didn't. And he didn't. And then God said, okay, he's we're going to have to do it for you. And eat, eat grass like the cows and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Yeah, no, it's very traumatic. Very traumatic. Um, so that's the warning. Uh, now, on a last note here, I want to talk about the quote, good type of pride. It's not really pride, though. It's dignity and self-respect. Uh, I don't really, I don't consider this pride, uh, because pride is, you know, the self-importance and the superiority. Uh, that's what I term as pride. But dignity and self-respect, I don't want any believer to come away here thinking, I can't, like, feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you should have a self respect you should have good self-esteem you should have dignity about yourself um there's no question about that and the reason why you should have this is because this is what knowing your worth to god as a believer is and it is what you stand on when others try to bring you down and when i talk about this it's like you're made in the image of god right yeah so you're like him he made you like him so that's important that means he has a lot of value on you and that means that you should have a value for yourself and god sent his son jesus to die for you and because that's how much he loves you so not only are you created in the image of god you're also loved by god and those are those are things that you should hold on to and no one should be able to take that away from you your life has worth it has meaning the Lord has a good plan for you, mm -hmm. and don't let others try and tell you otherwise. And when people do not have this sense of self-respect and dignity, they can get trapped in some bad situations. I think this is what occurs when a person suffers abuse from a spouse or a person they're in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. They just allow this abuse to go on and on and on, and it's because they don't have the uh, self-respect and dignity that they should of themselves. You know, the talking about this self-respect and dignity, um, I've been meditating on a scripture all week. It's in Revelations 4. Um, I don't know if you've heard the scripture. It talks about um, one of the priests or, you know, in John's visions, the people were saying, um, you, O Lord, are worthy to receive glory and honor because you have created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And so to me that was really speaking to, like, my confidence and speaking to like my self-respect because I was thinking like, wait a minute, that scripture says you have created all things by your will. So I'm an all thing. And so God's will and purpose was to create me. So it was God's intention to create me. I'm here because it was God's will. 
Like, think about that. I'm here because it was God's will. So not because it was the will of people or it doesn't matter if people like me or anything like that. I'm here because God wants me here. And he has a purpose for And me. he has a purpose for me. And so that speaks to my confidence. And like, have we been talking this whole episode of it, trying not to fall into pride. Pride bends that over to be unbalanced when you look at other people and don't recognize God has created them too. And that they're, them too, are here for a purpose for God. And they have a mission that God has sent them for too. So including them in that high ranks with you as well. That's when it becomes unbalanced with pride. Indeed, indeed. And with that, I would like to thank our listening audience for um, listening to this episode of The Paradigm Switch. And as Avid says, we are the number one <laughs> Christian podcast on earth, and we are heaven's favorite podcasters. Yes. We are on Facebook and Instagram, so like, follow, share, leave uh, comments that you might have in the comment section. It is time we learn how to think right side up. We want to empower modern-day believers to engage the culture to be a positive and effective influence on the earth that God has given to them. So together, let's be agents of change that we are called to be. And in next week's episode, we will talk about what to do when we feel that we are disappointed in God. 